Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. Hi, Amy. Welcome back. Hello, Angie. It's great to see you again. Great to see you again, too. I'm really excited to have you back to talk about the summer. So for the listeners, we had Amy back in April to talk about the spring equinox. And Amy Shellhorn is a feng shui consultant and graduate of the Mindful Design Feng Shui program. And she has a deep interest in looking at the cycles of the seasons and specializing in that with family spaces in particular, but, you know, really focusing on that aspect of feng shui. So she's so graciously offered to talk to us on the podcast about each spring, each seasonal transition. So as we're welcoming the summer solstice soon, which is June 20, around June 21st, right? Um, Yes. I think this year. So she's going to talk to us about it and talk to us how that connects to our lives and our homes and wellness and and just so much information. So anyway, Amy, I'm so excited to have you. Yay. I'm really excited to be here. I think summer, it's just always one of my favorite times of year. And I think it's also a really important time for families because school is out usually and families have a time to not just connect as a family again, but also with close family and their community. You know, it's a real time of being with others and being out in nature, which also is so important for our overall health. So I love summer. Yeah. Well, so why don't we just jump into it then? Let's talk about summer. Let's do it. So now we're in leaving spring and coming into summer. Now this is nature, nature season of growth and maturation. It's a time where, you know, we have lots of creativity and motion and action. So we're out, we're out for the hunt and we're out for the harvest and it's just a real active time of year. So those blooms that were beginning in spring are now being nourished by the summer sun and, and we are as well. So our ideas that we came up with in the spring when we, we were bursting with so many different ideas are actually put into action in the summer. It's also a time to just really enjoy the fruits of the things that you planted or the seeds that you had planted in mm-hmm. spring and just appreciate this wonderful cycle like of, of abundance that the earth is giving us, but also that we have around us with our families and our community. Yeah, it's that idea of warmth from the sun or the warmth mm. from being receiving the love from your family. And, um, you know, I, when I teach flower arranging, I talk about this as one plot of this little tree plot, city tree plot on my block. And I can see all the seasons change. And so in the summer, like in the spring, we have like the little people have planted bulbs. So the bulbs start coming up. And you see like the little, um, the little leaves pushing out of the ground. 
And then, and they're really short. So my little chihuahua, Javier, always likes to pee on them because <laughs> they're the right height for him. <laughs> and uh, so the tulips start coming up and the daffodils mm. and they're really small and short. But then by the time it's summer, everything is like, it's like weeds that are like four feet high and it's like so like overgrown. And then I think about beach hair and like everything's like, you know, just uh, so over it's much more energetic and overwhelming and we're out in the world. So yes, wonderful energy. Yes. That captures it. I think you can find, you know, um, one, I like that idea of having just, um, sometimes in nature study, you might just look at one tree and see how that tree changes. And if you have one tree in your neighborhood, you know, that you're seeing every single day, you know, that is your touchstone. And I think that's a beautiful way to just, yeah, watch the seasons Yes, and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And one day we'll have, you'll take a class with Stephen Post and he teaches us actually, like he does a class called nature awareness training and he teaches you how to talk to trees. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. And, um, but you have to do it in person, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. um, But yeah, it's like, you can, you could befriend one tree and I'm a lot of children I'm sure have that, like their favorite tree. Right. And And again, that's kind of how it changes. Oh, sorry. No, Um, go ahead. I was going to say that 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 taps into that ancient wisdom that I think we talked about last time, that we all kind of know that we feel this connection when we see it, whether or not we've had nature training or immersion training or not. We just, we feel that deeply when we, when we just observe. Yeah. It's not anything special. You have to read in the book. You can just go nature being out in the world will be your biggest teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that. I also wanted to talk a little bit about traditional Chinese medicine because that ties into the season as well. Just like in feng shui in Chinese medicine, they follow the five element theory. And so the element that's associated with this time of year is fire, the number nine, the color red and the quality. I love this word is ripening. Ooh, I love that too. I love that. It's just like being at the farmer's market and seeing things just blooming with color. Yes. Um, the direction is south and the climate is heat and the emotions associated with summer are joy and sorrow. And this would be a time of year where you, it's associated with your, excuse me, your, your heart, your small intestine, and also your blood and your vessels. And so Chinese medicine, they would say that you would eat more raw foods during this time of year and less cooked foods, and you would start to become more physically active. You've, in the spring, you've already warmed up, you know, you've stretched and, and opened up to the world, and now you're starting to get out into the world and really exercise and sweat and go for those long walks by the beach or through the forest. And they also say that because this is associated with the heart, although there's so much joy that, that we feel in the summer, if you are to withdraw from that season, it's said to injure your heart. So you think of, can you find that balance between just between joy and sorrow somewhere in there that works for you? Hmm. I like that. Say that again. Like if you withdraw from the season, right? It's said that if you withdraw from the season, Mm -hmm. it's said to injure your heart. Oh, wow. That's something that we can contemplate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also times and and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it can be kind of overwhelming all the, all the social activities you're busy, you're traveling. Mm -hmm. There might be a point where you do want to withdraw, but that point is actually going to be autumn. That's that time to start to pull back. So how, how can you find balance within the season? Yes. I think is the, the challenge. 
Yes, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what life is about. Mm-hmm. Balancing mm-hmm. the duality. So I've just in my work, I've been really thinking about you know how do we live joyfully within each season, and. Mm-hmm. Summer is a time, as we talked about, we're, we're trying to live in this balance of joy. So some of the things that you can do to, to some personal cultivation that you could work on during this time of year is because the sun is such this anchor to our life, and this is the time of year moving up into the summer solstice that the sun will continue to be, that daytime will be longer than nighttime up until that day of the solstice. And so this is a time where we try to get up early and watch the sun come up and also in the evening watch it set you know seeing that full cycle oh nice and being as close to it as we can this time of year and again that helps with mood and sleep and lots of other things in addition to just feeling really nourishing and another thing that you can do and this is something that i lived in italy for a while when i was in grad school and and everyone after you know, they've had a big meal and it's summertime, it's late afternoon and it starts to cool down into the evening and everyone goes out for these strolls in the cool, cool night air. And Ooh, how fancy. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, what's interesting is they do it with, it's not just fashionable adults walking around and shopping, it's families. Everyone's out and the grandparents are out and the aunts and the uncles. And so we try to just take our dog out for a walk, you know, kind of after the hot sun has come out and everyone gets out and the neighbors kind of start to pour into the street a little bit. And it's a good time to just connect with other people. And I, and I think it would help probably with your digestion and sleep as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then related to wellness, some of the things that are recommended in Chinese medicine are to just exercise outside every day. I know sometimes that's hard with people's work schedules, but if you can, you're not only taking care of yourself, but you're, you're getting all that great solar energy. Yeah, I try to build it into my schedule, but I mean, I'm in New York mostly, so I try to walk or walking the dogs yeah. or I walk to meetings or you can park, or I think your equivalent in California would be to park a little <laughs> further away. Right. Right. And walk an extra block or two. Right. Well, we try to, I try to not drive as much and stay really local and just, and, and walk to things when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think all of that, all of those little things you're doing in your day add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you 10 or 15 minutes here really can recharge you. And then it's in terms of your diet and the things that you might eat, everything is so abundant this time of year. Fruits, berries, greens, everything is really in season and at its height. And so it's a time where you can, you know, in, in ancient cultures, this is time where you're, this, you're, you're building your storehouse for the winter. You know, a lot of times we think of eating lightly in the summer because it's so hot, but actually we want to eat all the diverse foods that are available to us. And another thing back to, we talked a little bit about the heart and withdrawal from the season, but it also needs the relaxation and it's important for, for your heart to keep that rhythm of life. And so one of the things that you can do is truly take like a afternoon siesta. If you can plan it into your day, I know some people get up early and work and then, and they have their lunch and then, you know, the kind of two to four or three to five, if you've been outside all day, or you've been at work all day, you might need a little bit of a break. And that might be a time to plan that in. And it also works really well for children who are, um, you know, kind of used to a school schedule. And then in the summer, they've just been out all day. We just call it quiet time. And we have some quiet activities. We do some reading, just draw everyone in for a little bit. That's okay. huge. You know, when I was, I was in Greece last year, Ooh, summer, that's on my and, list. Yeah. And they were like, 
Nothing can happen between lunch and dinner, or I'm sorry, between lunch and four o'clock except sleeping and swimming. And we're like, but, but, and they're like, no crazy Americans. <laughs> Nothing happens between lunch and 4 p.m. It's too hot, right? So they right. just nap and swim. I love that. I love that. It, and, and we've talked about this before, but it is difficult in, in our modern world where we're going. We've got, you've got power meetings all through the afternoon and into the evening. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, your computer's on and your lights are on. And so making that conscious choice is really about setting intentions for your family goals and just your own personal life and how you can be more in touch with what's happening around you. And I think you find that you actually get a lot, you get equal amounts of things done. Yes, that's the thing. That's the thing. And and at some point your body will just go kaput and you won't have a choice anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And that, that kind of brings us to some other things we can talk about in terms of our home, which I know a lot of people are very interested in and ways they can support their home during this time. So this is associated, I think I had mentioned before, with fire and the number nine. And in feng shui, that is the recognition and fame area of the Bagua map. In that area of your home, you could do some things such as adding fiery colors. You could add the color red. You could also add a cooling color like green or blue to sort of balance all the heat that's happening around you. You can also add green plants to that area. And this is still, we're still in the season of growth. So I think adding a new plant into your home is, it's still a wonderful time to do that. And do you have like a favorite plant that you like a house plant? I do. I have this, it's called like the cheese plant. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly. It's got got this beautiful shape and it looks like, or maybe Swiss cheese is what they call it. That's like the common name. I don't know the exact name. I'll have to, I can look it up and we can put it in the notes. And it's got these beautiful slits and it's got these beautiful green leaves. It's got like a, almost a tropical feel and it seems to grow really well in our home here in Los Angeles. Okay. I just Googled it. It is called, oh, it is called, called, it is called a Swiss cheese plant. Okay. the scientific name is Monstera Deliciosa. Anyway, just look up Swiss cheese plant. They're really beautiful. They look like a hand in a way. Right, right. And for me, you know, like our family, my husband's family is Puerto Rican and they live there and we travel there and visit there. And it just brings back that lushness of like the tropical mm-hmm. part of the year or of a place, maybe a tropical vacation that you visited. And so uh, you can also bring in triangular shaped optics into your home. And in our family, we, we do kind of um, a Waldorf inspired homeschooling. And so there's some really beautiful crafts that, that they use this time of year. And one of them involves folding. Um, it's almost like the, the kite paper that you might use, like Japanese or Chinese, like kite paper. But we fold it into these very simple like kite shapes that are kind of triangular. And we have mm-hmm. them, and then we, we paste them together and we bring them around the center, around a center like pivoting point and it creates a star. And so we'll do like, I'll do a big yellow one. We'll like use shades of yellow and orange. And then we just put them on our window. And it's like a, almost like a mosaic, just a beautiful bright sun and it really is a great thing to do as a solstice with your family. Mm, yeah. To celebrate the, the yes. energy. Yes. And then carnelian. Is that how you say it? The, the crystal carnelian? Yeah, carnelian. The red, it's reddish orange. The reddish orange. And we'd mentioned this before, but you could certainly put it in your home. You could wear it. 
you could also put it like if you have a, a vase of flowers, sometimes I put in like if, if I have some stones in there, I might put like one crystal in there just so that I, I sometimes I'm the only one that might actually see that. But I think it's really nice. And then let's see. We've talked a little bit about the things that you can do in the Bagua map. And now we're going to talk a little bit about some other things you can do to enhance your house this time of year. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. So when I was doing my research, there was a great story about what they do in, in ancient Japan, which is that during these warm seasons, they bring in a picture of water or just like a cooling scene. And I just, I love the idea of bringing in seasonal artwork, <laughs> you know, something that you just hang for a couple months of the year. And then maybe you change that out with something that transitions you to the next season. Yeah, when I used to do yantra painting, my teacher would say, why is ever it'd, it'd be in the summer and it'd be, we'd be in this hot room in an ashram. And he's like, why does everyone want to paint fiery things? It's too hot. We should paint the moon, which is very cooling, very in. Or even in flower arrangements in Ikebana, a summer arrangement would actually have the most water in it. The water level would be the highest, which mimics the water level in ponds that it's the highest and also like you would see you would place the arrangement near the rear of the container so you would see more water so it's an offering a refreshing offering to the viewer also that you see more water you feel the coolness of the water and it's not always that in the season of fire you'd want more fire because it might be too hot for fire so you want right. to add what balances it Right. I like that. I like mm -hmm. that too, because we live near the ocean. So I think of like the tides, like ebbing and flowing and showing more water mm -hmm. and the height that's really resonates, I think with people. Another thing that you could do is to just really think of ways you can kind of quickly transform your space in terms of using the fabrics and the things that you might have around you during that time of year. So anyway, in ancient, so in ancient India, what they do is, you know, they use, and, and I believe in Persia as well, you know, the your environment in the, in the fall and the winter is just, you have heavy rugs and fabrics around you. And just the sense of taking that away and bringing in lighter textures and fabrics, like really mm -hmm. kind of try to transform your, your environment. And then you really create like, like a thermal, you know, variability and your body responds to that instantly. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Um, and it gives you a chance to also just give your, your items a break, <laughs> you know, when you have the same pillowcases all year long, like maybe, maybe half of the year, those are in a place and they're resting. And then you bring out the next season's linens. Yes. And it's also keeps us mindful of the season. And again, like we talked about like the, having the impermanence or also seeing it. I don't know if we talked to, we talked about that last time talking about impermanence right. and seeing that the seasons end and new seasons began and it's also circular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like that idea. Especially during summer solstice, because this is a very, very large change to to make that change. Once we once we hit this longest day, even though we're gonna enjoy uh, June and July and August, we're gonna enjoy all this this warm like solar energy. Mm -hmm. Actually, what's happening is that the sun, we're having less sun every single day. It kind of took me a while to grasp that. That, 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 that while we're feeling expansive, there is a little bit of contraction that's starting to happen after the solstice. Mm, yeah, because it, it, it creeps up on us. <laughs> yes. 
And most of us are enjoying summer is really about July and August. A lot of people have those times off traditionally. So it is kind of hard. June, we're just getting started (laughs) with our summer, with our summer fun. And I think it's also just another, it's a great time to just repeat or do one of the uh, house clearings that we did last time that we did in spring. So do it again. A space clearing. A space clearing with the orange peels. That one sounds like it would be good because it's like refreshing. Yes. Yes. And if you can, I think adding it to water, either essential oils to water, or just that you could take an orange and slice off the peels and put it into your container and using that water then to move. So just to clarify, you would get a bottle of water and then fill it with some, or bottle and fill it with some distilled water. And depending on how large the bottle is, you can add orange, organic orange essential oil. And then the drops could be if it's a bigger bottle, like what, 27 drops or it could be 99 drops or because nine is a very auspicious number in feng shui. Yes. And you certainly could find, work with someone to do the, the clearing and, and add a blessing to it and, and really mark it as a, a, a time in your year where you're kind of, just an, it's an important reset for this next season. So it might be something that you actually bring someone in to do during this time of year. Yeah, or it'd also be kind of a good time for a feng shui consultation and you could bring in a right. consultant like like Amy to work on things. Because also it's, yes, because it's a big change. But if you want to do your own space clearing, you can, or certainly there's a lot of professionals that can help you or guide you through something that's a traditional space clearing. Right, right. Because again, we really, in our culture, we're, we go by the, these calendar months where we feel like we start these ideas in January and then, you know, the the year kind of sweeps us up and we don't always circle back to that. But when we start in spring with our intentions and our ideas, and then we follow up with the action of summer, it's a really, actually spring and summer is a really good time to partner with someone and have some guidance through all of those things, you know, having a mentor or having a consultation, just a way to like, you've got so much happening. You got to channel that, I think. So yeah, it doesn't, it's good to ask for help and ask for support and have a professional help you, but you do the best you can with what, you, yeah. with what resources yeah. you have. And then if you don't, then like, I, you know, a lot of times I just, I include my children in the things that I do. And so they could be a part, they could be a part of that. Yeah. You so you're not doing it alone. Your family culture. And so one of the things we do is we actually, we do celebrate the summer solstice and we really try to gather with a few friends or neighbors in our community and make sure we watch that last yang sunset of the year, you know, that, that very last one. And then just staying out in the, in the night, you know, and really mm-hmm. we, we try to incorporate things like having, making sure there's music or sound or some, maybe someone plays an instrument and just kind of raising the vibration of our event a little bit in our time together. And sometimes dancing, that's also a great way to just enjoy that summer energy. And then you can decorate with things that create movement, like, you know, streamers or pinwheels or spirals. And this is a time of year we do a lot of like garlands. So we'll get just anything that, that we can find in our, in our neighborhood or like leftover paper and different colors that we've got. And we just tend to turn it into something like that. And then the kids get a chance to, they kind of market, you know, uh, where, where the celebration is and they just like define the boundaries within nature, you know, cause wow. you're outside just really enjoying things. And then we just sort of take over a little space of green and create a celebration out of that. And again, that doesn't take a lot of certainly money or time, but that intention, um, to celebrate the season is there. And 
includes everyone. Oh, that's wonderful. So everyone can do something like this with their families and celebrate the upcoming summer solstice, which is mm -hmm. on June 21st. It's usually on the 20, around, on or around the 21st this year. And this year it's on the 21st. Well, that's so wonderful. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so excited for the solstice now. Yay, me too. I'm very I'm excited. The solstice party. <laughs> right, right. Because then you can just think about, you know, the food that goes with it, mm -hmm. Have a, you know, that'll beverages. be wonderful. Yeah. Well, I know you told us about it last time, but tell us again a little bit about joyful family spaces. So the listeners know, and, and also that, um, and Amy Shalhorn is also a certified feng shui consultant from the mindful design feng shui school. So she can provide feng shui consultation services for you but why don't you tell us about joyful family spaces sure i will um i'd love to it really is about partnering with families to really think about what their family culture is and how they can bring some of that some of their ideas maybe some of their goals to fruition and creating a space and an environment that supports that you know, families, it changes throughout the year. A lot of times there's points of the year where you want to work on your health or you need to work on maybe some siblings are having some issues. You need to work on relationships or partnerships. So we can look at those areas and find ways that really using mostly all the things that you already have to just create a space that nurtures families. Mm. So Amy Shellhorn, thank you so much. And Amy Shellhorn, um, she helps families create joyful spaces that nurture and support their unique family culture. Amy is a certified feng shui consultant from the Mindful Design Feng Shui School, and she holds a Master of Architecture from the University of Washington. She's a lead AP, BD plus C, and Amy can be found at, or reached at Amy at joyfulfamilyspaces.com. And we'll also link to her website on the podcast webpage, which is holisticspaces.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.